0: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money.
1: My job has been to try and figure out which is which.
0: It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
2: Well, good morning to you. It is Saturday. Wakey, wakey. Show about money. Money, money, money. ka Does that help? I hope so. Uh, Jack and I here in for the cause to help you uh, become financially prepared, financially sound, and hopefully to have enough finances that you can also support charities. Uh, I cannot stress this point enough. Uh, I just came back from a funeral. Uh, The priest spoke, and he spoke about love and about helping your fellow man. It is our duty to help your fellow man. Jack and I are here to help you achieve greater financial success. Please share that wealth and let it begin with the people you walk by in the street and sort of ignore. Uh, they need help. You can do it. Don't give them money because they're going to misappropriate it. Give it to some great charity. I'm sleeping on the street for Covenant House, November 21st. Uh, the weather outside, my friends, is frightful. Sleeping on the streets will be even more so. Please support the cause. Go to the Covenant House. Go to the website. Look for Wolfgang Klein. Make a donation. No donation, my friends, is too small. No donation is too poor big either. I can't stress that point enough. It is expensive to take care of the problems that we're dealing with, but someone has to do it. May it be you and you can be a hero. Um, okay. Now Jack and I are here to help you from yourself, I shall say. Uh, and as such, I came across some great readings as I Jack and I are always reading. We're always learning. And I came across a good piece called the four most important things in investing. I love it Four simple, um, Fella who passes over to me came from uh, Dan Mikulskis. Uh, he is a advisor to pensions in London, England, um, and he is going to join us and talk to us about the four most important things in investing. Uh, Dan, I want to thank you very much for joining us this Saturday morning on hi Fi Radio, uh, well across the pond. I guess my first question to you, as you are in London, is uh, how's Brexit treating you? <laughs>
1: Good morning, Guy. It's great to be with you. Um, that's a that's a complicated question. I think um, sort of all, we've all been through this cycle of sort of uh, fear, anger, resignation, and sort of disinterest, and so it's um it's a complicated one.
2: I understand, but again, the reason I bring that question up is Brexit, Donald Trump tweets, U.S. China trade talk can cause retail investors to get derailed from a sound financial plan. I see it, Dan. All the time um, now you're dealing with pensions uh, some of your wisdom can it be applied to the retail investor and do you think you can offer some nuggets as to how you can help the average investor out there maintain a successful financial plan for the long haul without getting derailed by the noise?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you put your finger on one of the really the key problems there, right? I mean, you know, investing is a really complex problem with no known solution. Um, everyone wants like a little secrets on, on how, to, how to make it all work and how to get rich. But really, there aren't any. Um, but there is some fundamental wisdom, I think, that can help us all. And so what I spend a lot of time with my clients is trying to focus on long term objectives in a world that's just driven by sort of short-term noise. Um, And so you're right, things like trade war, Trump, Brexit, the markets, we're just constantly deluged with that kind of information. Um, assets are going up and down. Managers are performing well, performing badly, um, and and so one of the most important things is is just focusing on on the right stuff and and directing your attention. Um, and for the resale investor, that means quite often their retirement or, or whatever objectives they they've defined, whether they're wanting to get to a place of financial independence, um, give money to their kids, pay for their own retirement, or or, or what have you. And it's easy to say that, isn't it? But it's just so hard to do when, like you say, there's all this noise uh, sort of every single day. So,
3: so, Dan, you're dealing really with the sophisticated investors. You're dealing with the large institutions, the pension funds. Uh, what types of biases do you see? Because I think biases, cognitive and emotional, affect not only the individual investor, but obviously these large investors uh, can't escape them either, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the most common ones clearly is is just focusing on what the information that's available rather than what's sort of really salient and and, and important. Um, And one that might be things that are in the news um, or it could be the the performance of the managers in the portfolio. Perhaps a particular fund has has underperformed quite a lot, Um, whereas what they should really be focused on is saying, look, what's our objectives? Um, are we actually on track? Uh, and if the answer is yes, then to, to kind of try and screen out a lot of the rest of the noise and, um, and make sure you don't react to it. You know, you got a point here in your
2: direct, cause you part of your, you have a four step process and it's got somewhat ambiguous headlines, direct attention, measure what matters. That one makes sense to me. I understand that Accept responsibility. That's such a powerful one. I can't stress that one enough. And that has deep rooted uh, and far reaching tentacles, Accept responsibility. Um, and prepare for uncertainty. So, so broad stroke headlines there. But when you start to dig in to your um, uh, general theses here, what, what matters?
1: Yeah, well, let's take the last one of those first, because that's an easy one to explain. So prepare for uncertainty. I mean, it sounds a bit obvious, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. why, why wouldn't you? Um, and but how do you? Is... Why, why wouldn't you? How do you? Well, the concept that we often work with with our clients is what we call a risk budget which is basically where you're saying I've got a certain amount of assets and my risk budget is say 15% of that total which means you're you're accepting the fact that at some point you're going to lose 15% of your asset value over a certain period of time and you're not going to love it but you're preparing yourself in advance that so that's going to happen so that when it does happen you're not going to panic
3: so, so the risk budget there, Dan, the risk budget you're talking about, um, that's to obviously achieve your long-term objective. So when you talk about a risk budget, you're, you're talking about a temporary loss of 15%, obviously not a, a permanent loss?
1: Exactly, yes. Yeah. So if you think of your wealth as kind of a wiggly line that kind of hopefully goes upwards over time, but the big question is how big are those wiggles? Um, and if you, can, if you can get a sense of how big they're going to be in advance, I think you've got a much better chance of riding them out reasonably confidently rather than sort of making a bad knee-jerk decision in the middle of it and sort of suddenly deciding, oh, no, I'm just way off track here. I want to come back to this, Dan.
2: Yeah, you know, you're making an interesting point because I was speaking to Jack briefly about risk budget. And again, I'm an equity guy, a stock guy for the most part because I think that's ultimately where I'm going to make the most money for my clients, but over decades. But in taking on that uh, asset class of stock, the truth is, I believe, uh, looking at historic numbers, 50% has to be the risk budget, Uh, and that is a tough pill to swallow. When I say 50%, yes, if you have a million-dollar portfolio, at some point, if it's all stock, you have to be willing to accept it falling 50%. But the question is, do you sell when it hits the risk budget? Because that doesn't make a lot of sense either. Look, we're, we're talking with Dan Mikulski. He, he advises pensions, large pools of money in London, England. Um, we know those folks over there are very, very smart. Uh, they have to be because the prophet has no honor in his own land, which is right here in Toronto. Uh, I'm Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle, uh, both of us portfolio managers here to help you have more money. Uh, it's Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto.
0: Money. let's take a break but after wolf and jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto
2: Ah, Joe Strummer, I saw him perform, I guess one of his last shows with my wife Kathleen at the uh, warehouse, which ironically is just across the street from the Chorus Studios and down here at Sugar Beach, I'm Wolfgang Klein, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto, this is Hi-Fi Radio, it's a show about money, it's a show to help you have more of it, and uh, to help the cause, of course, Jack Hartle, my right-hand man, there's yin and there's yang. On this show, my friends, and it's very, very important because the Tao of the markets uh, is such that uh, there's science and there's art uh, to the markets. And it's the art, it's the you and I that makes it so Difficult. Uh, we have an expert on the line here. Um, I read uh, his blog on the weekend and I said, uh, Jack, we have to get him on the phone so we can have a little discussion with him on the show. His name is Dan Mikulskis. Um, he's an advisor uh, to large pensions, large pools of money, billions and billions of dollars. He advises to and he helps these pensions pick up other managers, and he comes up with what's called an asset mix, and he focuses on risk uh, and has a process for it. I I go through your four-step process here, Dan, and a a statement comes up twice in it, and it is so important. I can't stress this point enough. Focus on process. So before we get into what you you believe process to be, I want to share with you some, some theses that Jack and I have about the simplicity of building wealth, and it starts with working, It starts with living beneath your means and managing your spending. And then you must save the money that you didn't spend. And then you have to learn to invest it. And the easiest way to do this stuff here is automatically and systematically. Every week, every month, every paycheck, save some money. And guess what? Jack is in the process of helping me help my son, Sebastian, get on a automatic savings program. Every week, Sebastian, Brittany, listen to me. Sebastian, my 17 year old son who works at Metro and he wraps check in uh, will be putting aside a little bit of money, 100 bucks a week. Uh, and if he does that, if he sticks with that 100 dollar week program, I think by the time he's age, what was a math deck? Age 30. You got about to 30, yeah. How much will he have at age 30? Did we say 40, 50 grand, 35, 40 grand, something? Like that. No, it was more than that. Was it more, much more than that? Yeah, and but yeah, the number. We'll bring the numbers back to you. the numbers are very very compelling. It's a lot of money. Uh, the, the
3: point was that we're really helping him with the habit, and then we're going to let time. And ourselves do the heavy lifting for him. So he, we get him in the habit of saving, spending less and saving, and then we're going to buy the good quality stocks for him and let him invest for the long term.
2: And then, and so that is the process uh, that Jack and I have. But again, part of the process, and again, D- D- Dan spoke about this, we're going get into it with him right now, is you have different buckets of money basically. Retirement, you have a 30-year time horizon, perhaps. Your children's RESP for university and college, perhaps the time horizon is 15 years. Uh, and then that uh, little slush fund for the uh, uh, bucket list trip, perhaps you got a time horizon for that of 15 years. So save and have a process accordingly. But Dan, please, share with me how you think you can add some value here in, in keeping people on track in terms of having process.
1: Yeah, I know it's a key point isn't it because it's so easy to get to get focused on outcomes and, and what happens in life generally right I mean when we're talking about sports or or even you know betting and things like that but particularly in the markets because things are just moving around so much all the time it can be easily get it can be easy to get carried away in thinking a certain decision was good or bad based on the outcome, um, but there's just far too much noise in markets. I think to really um, to draw that conclusion. Right? I got
2: to I got to stop you right there because I cannot stress the you can't stress that point. You you spoke wisdom right there. The outcome does not determine whether the process is correct. And it's incredible because clients will often reward Jack and I when a trade worked out. Hey, guys, way to go. You're real smart. I said it doesn't matter if it worked out or it didn't because we know over the process of a thousand trades, our
3: process will make no different than a casino. Exactly. And the other thing is, too, you talked before the break about dealing with uncertainty. You really can't control uncertainty. You, what you can control is your process. You can control your habits. If you take care of the little things over time as long as you allocate towards quality assets, the process will take care of itself. So so give us another biggie here Dan.
1: Yeah, I mean to me that this is all about in comes into my um the thing I said about accepting responsibility for me that's about getting a process and actually taking on the responsibility of really sticking to it Um, because it's very easy to read something in the paper where some kind of supposed guru is talking up a certain stock or a certain country or a certain sector Saying how well they've done and get carried away making decisions on that, and that's not taking your responsibility in the right way um, in sticking to the process that you've that you've sort of set out. You know, again, I can't stress the point enough because
2: accepting a responsibility does not mean allowing you now to offer blame to someone else. Because again, if you're going to if Accept responsibility, do it wholeheartedly. Uh, if, if you accept responsibility of passing on the task, which I think you should do, by the way, passing on the task to a professional advisor, and they present to you a process that you buy into, that is what you have to accept responsibility for, not for the period when the process doesn't work, because for a period of time, the process will be out of favor, it has to be. Am, am I wrong, Dan?
1: No, absolutely, yeah, and, 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 that, and that's always the thing. It's psychologically tough to stick with a process. It really is quite hard. Um, it's, you know, it's just very easy to, like you say, blame circumstances, blame markets. There's always something out there that can be blamed. But um, part of accepting that is acknowledging that sometimes you're going to be disappointed, you're going to be frustrated, and you've got to set yourself up in a way that gives you a chance of sticking with it. I think. You know, I, I got a piece here.
2: I read, I read another blog at the same time, Dan. I was reading your blog. By the way, we got uh, Dan uh, on the line. He is an advisor to uh, pension funds in London, England, um, and he too has to hold the hands of the managers, because they are human beings responsible for billions and billions of dollars. And I'm sure they, too, get thrown off game by Brexit, by Trump. They're, they're human beings. But wise words from Peter Bernstein. Uh, Peter Bernstein, in investing, tortoises tend to win far more often than hares over the turns of the market cycle. Next, investing for the long run works only as long as people don't believe it. I guess, when you think about that, Again, once everyone's making money, it's game over. And that's what people just don't appreciate. And when people have disbelief, the market is able to climb the proverbial wall of worry. But again, all this stuff is short-term noise. Dan gave us some good points. We need process. Um, we need to accept responsibility. You have to know how much risk in advance you can tolerate. Dan, do you got a final one for us quickly?
1: Yeah, let's talk about measuring what matters, you know, because... Sometimes it can be very easy to focus on things that don't matter. For example, your performance compared with what you might read in the paper or what your friends are doing Uh or what you think someone else is doing and where you are versus things like that. And it it just doesn't, you can tie up a lot of time and effort and energy sort of worrying about that. Um, Whereas if you can actually focus your mind on your own performance towards your own objectives um and just be more focused on that yeah man That's That's how that that sounds so zen it's so zen
2: you know for, for focus they care not what other people think and what they're doing just focus on yourself and your objectives and be at peace correct then Yeah, that's it.
1: That's it, exactly.
2: Um, Wise words, my friend from London, England. Um, Dan uh, Mikulskis, uh, advisor, partner at Lane, Clark & Peacock. Such a colourful name you have there, my good friend. Uh, I want to wish you a great week, and I want to thank you again for your wisdom that you provided to our audience right here on Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 in Toronto.
0: Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio,
3: 640
2: Toronto. Yep, that's what happens. Science, eh? Well, they're now applying it, I guess, from love into finances, Uh, the whole world of robo-advising. I remember I was on one of the other radio stations, I guess about five, six years ago, and uh, the producer said, well, let's talk about robo-advising. It seems to be a new concept. And, And I scoffed at it. I said, good luck um just I don't see it happening uh well I want to dig deeper into the story because some of the ads out there are to, to me very upsetting uh, and I think very very misleading um and enough so to uh, well, uh anger the consumer and anger many of the advisors and I think it needs to be discussed and I've been reaching out for the right candidate to Discuss this topic, and fortunately, uh, Sam Seth, uh came into our office uh, for a presentation. He's the founder of Purpose Investments. Um, uh, Robo is really about using ETFs. Sam Seph of course, was also the founder of Claymore Investments, subsequently purchased by uh, BlackRock. I, by, by BlackRock. So, uh, Sam, it's 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 a real privilege to have you in the studio. We got a little feedback here, Britt. Uh, it's good to have you into the studio here, uh, to share with us your. Wisdom uh, about the world of ETF trading, but I'm going to begin with robo investing. Um, open-ended question: What do you what do you make of it?
4: First off, great to be here. And 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 look, you know, there's a lot of lo- lot to unpack on it. Um, I think that at the basic core, um, a large part of what's happening today in in, in wealth management is that um, clients that are, you know, call it smaller, have been poorly treated by the um kind of the banks. And it's sort of then cultivated to um, you know a number of different platforms being able to sort of figure out how to build a better experience, a lower cost um, element of how to get you know effectively portfolio management at at relatively attractive values and and well relatively well done, and that's what you know we we coin today as these robo platforms. I hate the name. I, I think it's stupid. Uh, you know you, it, it it assumes people are you know kind of have a bunch of robots kind of managing people's money, but really what it is is just a a set of portfolios that that are you know pre-selected and you know it's it's easily done online and that that's what it is.
2: But but the, 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 what gets Jack and I going and, and I know it gets you going too. So mm-hmm.
4: is this retire? What is it? Thirty percent richer. Yeah. The, the the issue. So to to your point, the issue is. So, so do I think that they're a good component? I do against what is you know the historical best option, which was the banks. If you had ten thousand or fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars, and you needed you know to get your money invested, the banks were pretty are really bad. Um, but, the, but, but you don't think they do a good job at that the, the 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 basic retail bank offering when you walk into a bank branch is yeah. awful because it's, it's a
2: mutual fund offering you're
4: effectively buying uh two and a half three percent mutual funds with no advice which is this the worst experience and the problem is is um, most advisors today um, are are struggling to find ways to economically manage and give advice to clients with 50 or a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So, so, so against that option, it's a, it's a, it's a good option. The challenge is, is that when I look at what is actually happening, um, you know, there's two components to it. The first is, is the portfolio um, and the messaging, or sorry, is the messaging the right messaging? So I absolutely disagree with what Questrade Trade. Who I think what you were referencing uh, just recently uh, is going out and doing. They're they're going out and saying to individuals, um, "You are um, paying too much for advice, and you should just come and use these portfolios, these robo offering, and and using throwing out kind of false uh, numbers around you'll retire thirty percent richer." It's unacceptable and it's it's in, inaccurate, and in fact, it actually makes most people insecure uh, because uh, and, and that's the last thing we need to be doing right now is making people insecure second though is um when you think about the challenges of the cycle we're in today in the markets this is where i get most concerned is that i believe that um you know when we look historically over the last 30 plus years um, what's settled into our mindset today is that um, or what I call conventional wisdom is that you should, you should just build a portfolio made up of sixty percent equities and 40 percent bonds mm-hmm. and you'll do f- just fine mm-hmm. and and guess what? That's because in the last 30 years it, it has been the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But we are at a very different stage today in the world um, economically uh, interest rates, um, stock markets, uh, real estate values, and the return forecast, for buying a benchmark market beta portfolio, which is just buying the indexes, putting 60% in equities and 40% in, in bonds, mm-hmm. um, no matter what the cost is, is going to likely um, not meet most people's required return.
2: Historically, some and again, we have Sam Seth in the studio, uh, founder of Purpose Investments, uh, formerly founder of Claymore Investments. Uh, this man knows his space. Uh, heavyweight on Bay Street, of course, ETFs is his ballywick. I've got a lot of questions for some, but we got to first keep the lights on down here at Sugar Beach. Uh, it is Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto, and the show is Hi-Fi Radio. It's about money, and it's a show for you. Stay tuned. Money.
0: Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
4: Rescue.
2: Your Anytime. Rescue. Give me a call. That's what we do. Yes, Jack and I. We are full service advisors. And if Trump tweets you, give us a call. Uh, we'll hold your hand and we'll guide you through. Uh, we will see over the valley, my good friends, um, and that's what Robo will not do. Uh, and I, I can assure you, Jack, during the correction of 2000. And- 18, the last quarter when the market basically went down 20% in a blink. That was a market crash. I guarantee you the robo got some requests. Get me out. um Psalm Sef is in the studio. He is an expert in the world of ETF, exchange traded funds, the alternative to mutual funds. He's the founder of Claymore Investments, which was subsequently sold. He made gazillions of dollars. And he decided, well, I'm bored. I got to keep going. I got too much knowledge and uh, interest. Uh, so he continues. He works because he wants to work. And I know to some, this is not work. This is fun. Uh, and he's also giving back. And that's what we're here right here to do, Jack, And I to give to you some ideas. So, Sam, you're talking about the 60, 40, um, uh, textbook portfolio, 60% stock, 40% bond. That's called a balanced portfolio. And since 1950, uh, according to my index chart, uh, a balanced portfolio has compounded at, ooh, I don't know, 8.5% uh, over the last 70 years. Uh, it's been a wonderful portfolio. But the point, of course, that uh, we all know uh, here in the studio is that 40% bonds, interest rates for the most part during that period went down. And lower and lower. Now they're virtually zero, negative in some parts of the world. Uh, so, some was saying the 60-40 mix won't be the right mix, or won't it won't be the right generate the right returns on a go forward basis. But i to go back to robo investing for robo, Sam. All in costs. If you have hundred thousand dollars, what are they charging you? Let's start with that.
4: So, you'll know, likely um, most robos are somewhere between um, sort of thirty to fifty basis points plus the cost of the underlying ETFs, which might range between ten and twenty basis points. Points. So you know, call it somewhere between fifty and seventy basis, seventy-five basis points for you know, call it a well-structured, just simple portfolio.
2: So a half a percent to three-quarter of a percent. Uh, you look at Jack and I; our, our typical fee is twice that. That's right. uh, we we tend to charge clients about one and a half percent. And
4: that's that's the standard for what you'd call an advice-based relationship. And and so when you have a non-advice-based, if you were to if you were to unpack Wolfgang, what you do, and just say, well, what would you charge just to build a simple action? Access to a portfolio, you'd probably charge somewhere between fifty and seventy-five basis points. Mm-hmm. What What the difference is is that the oversight, the um, um, the infrastructure to support an individual from wealth planning, estate planning, liability planning, all that stuff, is the incremental value, and and this is where my concern really comes in. Is that when when you know when we have these platforms that effectively um, are, are building these simple portfolios? The first part, yeah, it's really good for the early part of a journey of an investor. So if you have uh, if you're 20, 22 years old, um, you have very little money. Uh, you're putting five thousand dollars at work. You're putting your first set of capital at work. And and you know for the next 10, 15, 20 years, all you're really focused on is just disciplined, um, regular investing. The robo platforms are fine. And, and as you build up a, a basic level of portfolio. But once you get into that sort of 35, 40 year age, um, where what I call T minus 20, 25 years to retirement, <laughs> that's when you need guidance. You need um, structure. You need to say, okay, where am I at? And what do I need to now do to get to the stage where my portfolio gets to the liability or the level where it will now be able to produce the type of income to, to support me post employment? And this is where you need to have strong guidance, support and engagement through that period. And and the problem is if you actually look at an individual's life, um, the majority of their life is actually, the journey of their life of investing is actually in requirement of advice. I'm a big believer that 95% of Canadians need advice. And that yes, there are absolutely early stage journeys that don't necessarily need anything more than just access to the markets. Um, I think the market's access could be better than the 60-40 portfolio, but uh, you know, the real concept when I see these ads that say retire 30% richer, what they're forgetting is majority of that time you need someone to help you get there. 100%. I, I
3: would say even just the starting process that you're talking about there, Sam, the fact that uh, Wolfgang and I over the last, i got to say the last five years, education to our clients is some of the greatest value that we can bring to them and even just getting started and starting that habit and that process of saving, it's amazing how people don't understand how important that is to start young. And that's that's part of what Wolfgang is doing right now, educating not only our clients, but our clients' kids.
2: So I'm, I can't, I, the, the list is too long for, for the different ways that Jack and I offer value to our clients. I don't want to toot my horn, but Jack offers guidance to me to help my family. But no, you, you laugh at that some. It's funny because sometimes the silliest little thing I knew but forgot. It can be instrumental. In other words, Jack said, Wolf, well, you're trying to get your son on a savings program, he's buying you the program. Just pack him. I never I, I pack clients all the time. I never thought meaning. So what a, that a, means is a, a pre-authorized contribution. So, yeah. so Sebastian's gonna automatically, automatically have the money come out of his account, which takes away the emotional part of it. Now he doesn't watch the news. And he won't get moved around by Trump tweets per se, but when he looks at his account online and he will see it at some point fall, um, he will ask me why I fell. But I'm using mutual. I'm not even using ETFs. I'm using plain vanilla, which aren't plain vanilla. I'm using what I think to be the best managers on the planet. So we're using two-star Fidelity managers. We're using a canoe manager. Uh, and who else, Jack? Oh, uh, we this, use Black Creek as
3: well. Black Creek and, and then CI. Then CI Global. So yep. I,
2: I think they will offer me value over a ETF. port. I can buy ETFs. Uh, no problem. I can buy ETFs. I do pay the extra management fee to get active money management. And I'm my, my, my mutual fund portfolio is year-to-date. They're up 16%. That's nothing this the TSX is up 16%. And I probably generated that in a lower risk environment. But Estate planning, making sure beneficiary. You know how many times we catch clients who, by default, just name their estate the beneficiary, say for their work program? It's a $50,000 account. If they were to have passed away, $25,000 in unnecessary tax paid. We save that, we, we catch that error, we save that risk. Clients who who don't have proper accountants, clients whose wills are out of date, we talk about that. Creating an actual working financial plan. So few Canadians have that. Robo clients won't get no financial plan. But the irony is, and again we're going to go to commercial break here, the irony is, Bay Street doesn't want, you said at the onset, and I see it firsthand. accounts under $250,000. The big six banks won't Pay the advisors to manage. Therefore, if the advisor is not getting paid on your $200,000 account, guess what kind of advice you're going to get from him. In fact, he's going to show you the door at some point. Guess what? Jack and I, we take care of people, not dollars. If you have a couple hundred thousand dollars and it's not being properly serviced at the bank, come and speak to Jack and I. We can help you. We're here to give you advice. Uh, we're going to train you to operate in a proper manner because it's all about managing a great partnership. Jack and I have partnerships where clients say, you know something? I don't have to worry about anything. Jack and Wolf worry for me. I can go to sleep and relax and wake up well rested time and time again. That's the mess. Jack called one of our clients on the other day and the client said, Jack, you don't need to phone me. I know you guys know what you're doing. Just keep doing your job. Don't waste your time talking. Focus on what you got to focus on. But that, that's the name of the game as opposed to making small. It, it ain't about small talk. It's about big results. And the responsibility that we have, Sam, with you, with your product, with Jack and him, what we do, is people's financial outcomes. It's a huge responsibility that I take very, very serious. Uh, you listen to Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money on the Global News Radio Network. More of it right after this.
0: Making money
2: is the best. So how do you make more money? I put this on it.
0: Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640
4: Toronto.
2: Good morning. Welcome to the show about money. It is hi-fi radio, a little high fidelity swished in there for you. Uh, yes, every now and then, holding hands is nice and it helps. And Jack and I, every now and then, have to hold the hands of our clients when they get a little uneasy. Um, we do it with honesty. We do it with transparency. We have to every now and then present to them. Yes, it could get worse before it gets better, um, but. Good golly. Now is not the time to change process. It's not the time to change plan. Um, Was it Roger Siegel? Jeremy Siegel put out a book years ago, Stocks for the Long Run. Um, I read the book. It's an excellent book. Such books are written in bull markets um, because it doesn't, Feel like stocks for the long run when you go into a bear market. Um, but you look at the numbers and the numbers do not lie. The S&P 500 since 1950 has compounded at over 11%. The Canadian stock market has compounded at over 9% since 1950. Uh, stocks for the long run does work. But when you look at the charts, and this is where it's important because our last guest uh, Dan Mikulski spoke about um, having a risk budget. and the sixty forty portfolio that Sam Seif spoke about. Uh, Seif, Seif, excuse me, Seif. That's funny. Um, Sam Seif spoke about. Um uh, was a sixty forty portfolio, and that really assumes that when stocks go down, bonds go up. I know that's how that was created. That doesn't that didn't happen in two thousand and eight nine. Everything went down. Uh, bonds included corporate bonds, governments held their own the currency went up. U.S. dollar that is, which is amazing as well. Um, but if you have a sixty percent of your money in equities, equities fall fifty percent, you're out thirty. Uh, correct, 60 becomes 30, yep. But the bonds back in the day would have gone up perhaps, say, 10. That would take your loss down to 20, uh, which is not a nice number. But uh, markets fall, my friend, 50%. And that's the number that I need to I try to get people to accept, which is I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Uh, you have a million, becomes 500 grand. That does not feel good. But Jack makes a point over and over again, permanent loss versus temporary loss. And I, I, I set the stage here for Sam because he believes – as I do, that stock for the long run does work. The only problem is we don't want everyone to believe it because once everyone believes it, it won't work.
4: Well, I mean, look, I mean, on that point, uh, if, if um, people could close their eyes for 10 years and just invest, you'd actually have 100% of your portfolio in stocks. Um, unfortunately, most people get anxious and they can't close their eyes for 10 years. And so so therefore you have to diversify a large part of that risk because stocks do have volatility. They have intraday, they have daily, they have weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual and and multi-year uh, volatility. So so the diversification is really important. The challenge though is it's actually looking at human biases and human biases are structured such that um, Um, the concept of reward and risk are actually not symmetric. And so what what we've actually looked at, if you look at the evidence of um, returns, and this is where I think the industry doesn't do enough talking, the media doesn't do enough talking about it, which is that looking at investor returns, um, and, and they spend all this time talking about active and passive and low fee and high fee and this and that, the reality is what really matters is the decisions that humans make. And why I believe so heavily in an advisor relationship is because an advisor helps mitigate some of the human biases. So if you look at the history of of returns, and there's been some great research by Dalbar on this that shows uh, looking at 10, 5, 30-year you know, returns of in mutual funds or mm-hmm. indexes, and actual investor returns mm-hmm. in those funds, meaning that the times that they buy and the times that they sell. And what's amazing is that the investor returns compound to about fifty percent of the investment re- market returns mm-hmm. and the fund returns because they buy high and they sell low. In two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine, the um, largest monthly sales for GICs in this Canadian and Canada in history mm. was in March of two thousand and nine in the bottom yeah, we're right of the, at the markets. Bottom. And so was that was that the peak the GIC? Peak. Unbelievable! And so to us. The timing is so great. I and swear, I
2: swear, Some, You know, you know. I remember skiing that weekend. Uh, I was in Trombon for March break, and I remember calling Jack. I was on the balcony. It was a beautiful day, and I had a good ski. I said, let's start buying this market. We have to start buying. Uh, it, and we actually just went and bought some ETFs. It's we bought XIU. To
4: take the irrationality of human behavior and, and dampen it, because that's the way you don't lock in loss and you actually survive. You have to, I mean, making money takes risk and and it's just about managing the human emotion around that that's more important than than just buying a portfolio in my opinion it's one of the biggest things and unfortunately in the last 10 years risk has actually been somewhat you know absent in the marketplace it's been Agreed. easy to be an investor post 2009 and so you know it's you know people forget because if you look at it most people are making money no matter which way you go you're making money not in pot well, yeah, you're you listening to, you listen you to Hi-Fi Radio. I'm yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. 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 oh. yeah. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, host of the show. Jack Hartle, uh, co-host, partner uh, in the cause, which is you, my good friends. Uh, Sam Seth is in the studio with us, an expert in the world of ETFs. We're talking robo. We're talking uh, advice. Uh, we want to hold your hand and keep you from some emotional rescue. Uh, stay tuned. More show after this.
0: Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio six. 40
2: Toronto. Good morning. Welcome back to the show. The show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, your host. Jack Hurdle in for the cause. And Sam Seph is in the studio. We're talking robo. We're talking do-it-yourself. Uh, see, that's what do-it-yourself will do, my good friend. They're going to push the button Right? They weren't listening to Frankie Hollywood. They're going to push the button. And, uh, guys, this Jack, Psalm, please, I want you to speak to what I'm saying by push the button if you're doing robo. Well, well
4: that, I, I sorry. Oh, I was go just going to say, I just think In it's— In stereo. It's, yeah. a, it's a radio, guys. So it won't work. <laughs> uh, I, I just think it's really important that people understand their own human emotion and state— Um, there's really strong evidence and and research around behavioral economics that's come out in the last 25, 30 years. And the worst, um, um, you know, the biggest challenge and biggest risk that most individuals have is themselves in investing. Big time. And and it's just avoiding. They they don't
2: realize it. They do not realize how they are the enemy. We saw it in marijuana. Uh, That's the most recent craze. Who's holding pot stocks today, guys? It's retail. Uh, And again, you know what I think happened? Perhaps someone did do a little robo. And on the side, outside of Robo, because you can can you do it with Robo, buy pot stocks over and above your Robo portfolio? Uh, but I bet you a lot of retail perhaps were uh, denied by their broker to buy pot stocks. We, we basically were steering clients away from them, uh, unless they're going to buy in the biggest and the best quality Had the tolerance for the risk, and small amount as well. But these junior ones are coming, forget it. But another point I want to talk about people is optimizing money and uh Whatever, you know, Jack, do you want me to speak to what I mean by optimizing money, uh, getting the biggest bang for your dollar? Uh, and again, countless times Jack and I can, can give a client a twenty or $30,000 risk-free idea. Example, they have a $30,000 TFSA and they have $30,000 of, of, of unused RSP room. We say if you move the money from this shell to that shell, you'll get yourself a $15,000 tax refund.
3: And I think it's really about aligning your portfolio, obviously, with your long-term goals. So if you can get that extra tax savings right now, allow that to compound into retirement. It allows you to take that money out in a more favorable tax environment and also have the money tax dollars grow for you. So it really gets you to where you want to be over the long term as opposed to a short-term type of a portfolio.
4: Well, one of my one of the things I see pretty broadly um, in is, is most individuals think that they uh, should diversify their portfolios amongst three or four or five different you know places. So, discount brokerage, wealth advisor here, wealth advisor there, and the problem is, is then each advisor or each place is basically doing the same thing, but in an unstructured way. In our opinion, the way really you should look about it is you should look at your entire balance sheet, your entire wealth platform. And optimize by account, by structure. So, for example, you should have – if you have room in your RSP, you should have your bonds entirely in your RSP. You should have it in your TFSA first, all your interest yep. income, and and all these things. But most people don't do that. Most people will just say, oh, I'll build a diversified portfolio in my TFSA. I'll build a diversified portfolio in my RSP. I'll build a diversified portfolio in my corporate account or whatever it be. And, and in fact, you know, optimization is actually, as you put it, free, free capital.
2: We, we've given clients so much free capital through optimization. To, have you thought about this? No. How about the one where someone amasses wonderful wealth, lots of wealth, and they, they have an improper will? What a waste. Oh. All of that work and you have an improper will. Yeah. So at the end of it all, the money is not going optimized in, out in an optimized fashion. Um, yeah, I like a different concept This, this, just for fun. Um, a pre-pay, a pre-play, prepaid funeral. Uh, so I, you know, I'm getting on an age. I'm going to buy myself a plot. I might as well buy one for her as well. His and her plot. I die. I go on the ground. She has her plot. She remarries. Happen that plot. That's beside me. (laughs)
3: That's
4: a conversation for another day. it's an emotional (laughs) discussion that I think is outside of my purview.
2: Well, uh, but again, I I wouldn't want to make that decision on my own, now would I? Right. I want. I want to go to next, but I do. I do. uh, uh, digress a little bit, but a financial plan, a process, um, emotional rescue every now and then. Tax savings ideas, tax changes continuously and presenting new tax ideas, uh, be it through an insurance structure, through a corporate structure, uh, through setting up a family trust, uh, setting up a prescribed rate loan trust, all of this advice does not come to robo. But again, so what are we going to do? The big six banks don't want them under $200,000. We expect them to figure it out until they get that, and then pivot over That doesn't make a lot of sense. And so I guess, Jack, you and I are going to have to help pick up some of that slack. We really are. Uh, look, if you got one of their smaller portfolios that the big banks don't want, a couple hundred grand, don't be shy to call Jack and I. We will help you. We will give you some... Great advice. Um, perhaps we may send you elsewhere to execute that advice. Perhaps we'll do it ourselves. Whatever it is that makes most sense to you, the client, because uh, you are in charge. You need to hire someone who's uh, an expert, who cares, who looks at all products on the shelf. And that's, again, I will go to Psalm's presentations. I will look at his new products. I will learn about the changing landscape. And when I sit of a smart fellow like Psalm, I can ask him some big questions like, what do you think of negative interest rates? But we're out of time. You can't answer that question, Psalm. Uh, I'm more interested in this robo-thesis anyways. But my good friends, if you want to retire 30% richer, Trust me, work with an expert. Uh, this is hi Radio. It's been a pleasure to be with you this weekend. Jack, is always, an excellent job. I cannot uh, thank you enough uh, to have your guidance uh, to, to our uh, listeners. Um, we look forward to uh, having you back on the show. I want to wish you a uh, wealthy weekend and uh, spend some time with the family, cook some food, do the dishes, uh, and talk money. Talk about compounding and get your children to start at a young age. If you you want to go to Robo, you can even go to Robo. I personally go into a local bank, get a relationship set up with them, get your kids up on a monthly save. And I mean, you know, 15, 16, the sooner you start saving and learning about compounding, the sooner you will build wealth. But compounding and building wealth doesn't happen overnight. It takes multiple decades unless you're some stuff and you create a great business and you make a lot of money. Uh, It's all good. And uh, I want to thank you very kindly.
0: listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Kenaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at wolfgangklein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.